Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. So it's closing argument time. We are in the final days. We are in the twilight of the Trump administration. So we're going to take some time over the next few days to have some conversations, some closing arguments, if you will, to talk about why Donald Trump and others must be held accountable for their crimes, their crimes against the United States, their crimes against we the people, their crimes against the immigrants who came here yearning to breathe free only to be thrown in cages, have their children torn from their arms and thrown in other cages, families never to be reunited. We're going to have a series of conversations, a series of closing arguments. We're going to talk about why the evidence, even the evidence that's only publicly available before we even get into the grand jury to start investigating proper all of Donald Trump's crimes, even the available evidence will support your findings of guilt for Donald Trump and his co-conspirators, his criminal associates, his aiders and abettors, his accessories after the fact, his corrupt enablers. We're going to have a series of conversations in the coming days. We're going to start today by talking about why a presidential self-pardon will be struck down by the courts. And friends, why are we going to have this series of conversations? You know why. Because justice matters. Hey all, Glenn Kirshner here. So if you tune into my daily videos, you see that we are um, in a slightly different environment. This is another corner of my office. Um, I'm usually sitting in that chair over there and I'm usually frustrated as all get out that I can't get up and walk around the office as I'm talking with you all. I spent 30 years in courtrooms walking around the well of the court, talking to the jurors, talking to the judge, examining witnesses. And I will tell you, being stuck in that chair when I'm ordinarily recording my videos drives me a little crazy. So I will look forward to hearing from you all, your comments about whether you like this format, you don't like it so much, you want my butt back in the chair. I'll get back in the chair. But what I want to do is start to talk with you all and deliver a series of short 
closing arguments on a number of important issues of the day regarding Donald Trump's criminal liability for so many of the crimes that we have endured here in America over the past four years. Because it's time for accountability. It's time for justice. And we're going to start today by talking about a presidential self-pardon. You've heard me talk about this in earlier videos. I want to try to pull it all together in just a few minutes to try to highlight why it is that after Donald Trump pardons himself, and we can all see it coming, the courts must and will strike it down as being unlawful, unconstitutional. Let's talk about why that is. First of all, let's start with the Department of Justice Office of Legal Counsel memo that was published back in 1974. Here's what it said. Of course, we were in the throes of Watergate at the time. Everybody was worried that, among other things, Richard Nixon might try to pardon himself. So the Department of Justice Office of Legal Counsel, OLC, issued a legal opinion. And it's short, and frankly, it's largely unsupported, but I want to read it to you. August 5th, 1974, the DOJ OLC issued the following opinion, quote, Under the fundamental rule that no one may be a judge in his own case, the president cannot pardon himself. Close quote. Signed by Mary C. Lawton, Acting Assistant Attorney General, Office of Legal Counsel. Short, sweet, to the point, unsupported by any case law. We're going to talk about that in a minute. So the issue of whether a president can pardon himself or herself, if we ever get there, let's hope we get there, has never been taken up by a court, not a trial court, not a federal circuit court of appeals, not the Supreme Court. There is no legal precedent answering the question, can a criminal president lawfully, constitutionally pardon himself? You know what that means? That means after Donald Trump pardons himself, we get to take a maiden legal voyage. The very word precedent conjures up the notion of doing something for the first time. A court deciding an issue for the first time. A novel legal issue that judges get to wrestle with and answer for the American people, for the Constitution, for our democracy, a maiden legal voyage. I'm not going to start with the war stories now, folks, but I took plenty of maiden legal voyages in my 30 years arguing cases in court. Sometimes I won, sometimes I lost. When I won in the trial court and when I won on appeal, we made a little law like we did in the District of Columbia. In the District of Columbia Court of Appeals, when they adopted the urban warfare theory of homicide liability in Washington, D.C., we took a maiden legal voyage and we made some law. That's what we're going to need to do. 
on the presidential self-pardon front. And we will. I'm confident we will. So why would the courts, I'm just going to cut right to the chase and go to the Supreme Court, the ultimate authority on what is constitutional or what is not constitutional, why would the court strike down a presidential self-pardon? Simply put, to save our democracy. Let's use a hypothetical. Let's assume that Donald Trump steals all the money from the U.S. Treasury, all of our tax dollars that we have dutifully given to the federal government, he steals it all. And then he pardons himself. Then he rides off into the sunset. And the Department of Justice charges him with any number of crimes, but in essence, theft of our tax dollars, and they take him to court. And he holds up a presidential pardon, self-pardon. He says, I can't be tried. Got this nifty pardon here that I granted myself. Folks, you don't need to be a lawyer. Do you really think the Supreme Court would put its stamp of approval? Let us stamp that constitutional. Come on. What would the court be doing if they upheld the legality, the constitutionality of a presidential self-pardon in that scenario? Well, one thing they would be doing is they would truly be putting the president above the law and beyond the reach of the courts. The judiciary, one of the three co-equal branches of government, would be neutering itself, would be relegating itself to a second-class branch of government because the president can pardon all his corrupt cronies, can pardon himself, and they get to steal everything from us. And the Supreme Court is going to stamp that constitutional? Not a chance. And you know why I can say not a chance? Not because the Supreme Court has ever decided this issue before, because it hasn't, but they decided a somewhat related issue. In July, when Donald Trump's lawyers went before the Supreme Court and said, the president is above the law. He does not have to comply with subpoenas or with the criminal process. You can't see his tax returns. He's above the law. He's immune, absolutely immune, completely immune from all of it. You can't touch him, Supreme Court justices. If the Supreme Court wanted to put Donald Trump above the law and beyond the reach of the courts, July was the perfect opportunity to do it because that's what his attorneys argued. And we all know what the Supreme Court did including Donald Trump's own two draft picks, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh. It's before Amy Coney Barrett was on the bench. They said, you're not above the law. You are but a mere mortal. You're subject to the law like everyone else. So get back into that court in New York, and they're going to get their hands on your tax returns. It's kind of where we've ended up in that litigation. The courts will not approve of a presidential pardon 
which would put the president above the law and beyond the reach of the courts. I'm sure of it. Why else is it important for the Department of Justice to challenge a presidential self-pardon? And challenging it is easy. The president writes out a little pardon, probably in Sharpie, I, Donald Trump, hereby pardon Donald Trump for everything he's ever done. It's coming. We've got three or four days left, but it's coming. Another reason that the Department of Justice must challenge it, and the way you challenge it is you just charge him with a crime. And then you litigate the constitutionality of a self-pardon. The challenge is easy. And goodness knows we have lots of crimes to choose from. We're going to be having those conversations in future videos, future closing arguments. When they charge him and he goes into court, that's when we get to litigate first in a trial court, then in the appellate court, then in the Supreme Court, the constitutionality of a presidential self-pardon. But if we don't, if we let Donald Trump pardon himself for all of his crimes, from the campaign finance crimes and the conspiracy to violate campaign finance laws with Michael Cohen, right, to try to gain unfair advantage in the 2016 presidential election, to the 10 counts of felony obstruction of justice, meticulously documented by Bob Mueller in volume two of the Trump-Russia report, to his bribery and extortion of President Zelensky, to his witness tampering of Ambassador Marie Ivanovich and others, to his obstruction of congressional inquiries by telling Congress the executive branch officials will not comply with your lawfully issued subpoenas to uh, tax fraud, banking fraud, insurance fraud. You know, there's graft, there's grift, there's emoluments. Emoluments are probably not criminally chargeable. And then there's hundreds of thousands of coronavirus deaths, which, take it from this old homicide prosecutor, can easily be shown to be a low level of homicide neg-hom or involuntary manslaughter, depending on the jurisdiction, basically in a criminally reckless manner. He did some things or failed to do some things that were reasonably likely to result in death or serious bodily injury to others, and boy, did it result in death or serious bodily injury to others. And both the federal government and all 50 states need to hold him accountable for what he did to the American people on the coronavirus front, but I digress. The reason the Department of Justice must challenge a presidential self-pardon is because if they don't, it will become part of the fabric of America that a president gets to pardon himself for all crimes while in office. If we don't challenge a presidential self-pardon, what will the implications be? Well, first of all, every future president will know he or she can commit all the crimes they want and issue themselves a pardon on the last day and our democracy is darn near dead. That's, that's what I would call an atmospheric precedent that we would set by failing to challenge a presidential 
self-pardon. It's not a legal precedent. We would set an atmospheric precedent that it was okay. The other thing that will happen if we fail to challenge a presidential self-pardon is Donald Trump will use that as proof positive that he committed no crimes. You can already hear him, can't you? The Department of Justice didn't challenge my self-pardon. They didn't charge me with any crimes. Why? Because I didn't commit any crimes. And frankly, the Department of Justice deciding not to challenge my pardon of myself is proof that I did nothing wrong. It's proof that everybody who criticized me during the four years I was president was engaged in a witch hunt, a political vendetta. They were trying to hold me down because I was winning so much. I was making America so great. And he will take the fact that the Department of Justice decided not to prosecute him, not to challenge his self-pardon as a complete exoneration. And even more, folks, even more, if the Department of Justice fails to challenge a presidential self-pardon, that is as good as an endorsement of Donald Trump for a 2024 run for the presidency. That is one of the many collateral consequences of failing to challenge a self-pardon, of failing to prosecute Donald Trump for the many crimes he committed. And folks, what's the worst that could happen if, we, if the Department of Justice challenges a presidential self-pardon in court and they lose and all of the judges say, no, we think a president gets to commit four years worth of crimes out of the Oval Office with impunity and then pardon himself. We're going to stamp it constitutional. They won't. But if they did, well, then guess what? We would have precedent. We would know that a president can get away with going unprosecuted while in office because of the horrific OLC memo that says you can't prosecute a sitting criminal president. And he gets away with it after he leaves office. And if that's the legal precedent we have to deal with, well, then we have to fix that, don't we? Either with laws or, you know, you, laws cannot unduly interfere with presidential powers in the Constitution, like the pardon power. So we would have to change the Constitution if we knew, if we had precedent saying a president, criminal president, can pardon himself for all crimes while in office. There's every reason in the world. There's every reason in the world to challenge a presidential self-pardon once granted. We have to do it. If we care about keeping our republic, we have to do it. It's the right thing to do. So many of the American people have been victimized by Donald Trump and his corrupt cabal during the Donald Trump reign of terror, culminating in January 6th. We're going to talk about his criminal culpability for that probably tomorrow in tomorrow's closing statement. But we have to do it. We have to address the victimization of America and Americans and the immigrants who came to our country.
It's the right thing to do. It's the fair thing to do. It's the just thing to do. And justice matters. Folks, and as always, thank you for tuning into these daily videos. If you'd like to more formally support our all-volunteer efforts here, you can go over to patreon.com. You can sign up to become a patron. And if you do, I will um, send you some Team Justice stickers and a personal handwritten note of thanks. You can find me over on Facebook, Justice Matters with Glenn Kirshner. And as you probably know, you can find me on Twitter at Glenn Kirshner too. I'm on there all day and all night trying to answer your legal questions. And wherever it is you connect with me, whether on Twitter, on YouTube, on Facebook, on Instagram, um, I would love to hear your feedback, good and bad. I love constructive criticism, by the way. Helps me grow. On what you think of this format, giving a series of closing arguments on the legal issues of the day. Um, I'm hoping that you find it useful. I'm hoping to add something to the public discussion on why it's essential, it's non-negotiable, that we have to hold Donald Trump accountable for his crimes. Because if not, we are taking one giant leap on the road to the end of our democracy, and nobody wants that. And then in the future, we're going to be talking about how do we now heal? How do we now bridge the divide between 80 million citizens who voted for Joe Biden, 70 million citizens who voted for Donald Trump, because it's not a lost cause. It's not irreparable. It can be repaired. Take a lot of work. But we're up to it. Just like we're up to justice. Justice takes a lot of work. And it can be exhausting, but it's also energizing. So darn energizing. As always, folks, stay safe. Stay tuned. And I look forward to talking with you all again tomorrow, though I may be sitting back in the chair. Have a good night, folks. Thank you.